On this episode of Rev Hang, Daniel and I talk about the MotoGP Catalan Grand Prix, the IndyCar Detroit and Run America Grand Prix, and the Formula One Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome to Rev Hang. I'm your host, Nathan Neview, and alongside me today as my co-host is not Ben Bagley, but my good friend and the man who got me into F1 in the first place, Daniel Weigel. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on. It's been a while since uh, since we've hung out, so this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben is out in Michigan racing his car and having an absolute blast, I'm sure. He'll be back to talk about the British Grand Prix at the beginning of next month. With all that being said, again, I'm very excited to have Daniel on board with me today. We've got a lot of races to talk about, so we'll just dive right in, mm-hmm. starting with MotoGP. All right. So... The MotoGP race two weeks ago took place in Barcelona, Spain. It was the Catalan Grand Prix. We'll just go through the top ten in qualifying to give you some context. In first place, taking pole position was Alesa Spargaro, followed by Francesco Bagnaia, Fabio Quartararo, Johan Zarco, Fabio Di Gian Antonio, Jorge Martin, Alex Rins, Maverick Vinales, Luca Marini, and Paula Spargaro in tenth. So this race was pretty... Uh, cut and dry for a MotoGP race. There wasn't mm. a ton that happened, um, but I mean, it was it was better than some and also there were a couple of interesting moments. Um, at the beginning of the race, right. Taka Nakagami uh, outbreaked himself into turn one and took out Alex Rins and Francesco Bagnaia. Yep, straight uh, into the gravel. Yeah, not, not, a great, not a great crash and it was actually kind of scary because when he went over his head actually hit the back wheel of, I think it was Banyaya. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so he just took him out with his face, basically. Um, yeah, but everybody was it, okay. <laughs> it it could definitely could have been a lot worse. That's certain. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, there were a couple of minor injuries, but um, no one was seriously hurt, and I don't think any seasons are going to be seriously hindered, so that's good. But mm. Nakagami apologized for it afterwards, and I think there's, everybody's everybody's cool with each other again. Um, but anyway, after that, Cordero took an early lead. Um, then we had some DNFs with Bedzecki, Bastianini, and Gian Antonio. They slid out into the gravel early on, kind of in the first half of the race. Mm -hmm. Um, it was pretty processional from then on out, uh, except for Espargaro, Elisa Espargaro and Jorge Martin. They, uh, got into quite the scrap between lap about 10 and 17, uh, going back and forth. Yeah, um, there was it was a pretty 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 scrappy fight. There were several mm-hmm. overtakes, but I believe Jorge Martin ended up coming out on top. Well, actually, no, Alisa Sparkero came out on top, but then on the last lap of the race, he slowed down and started waving like he DNF'd yeah. or something. <laughs> he 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 pulled one of those you know Daniel playing uh, Forza moves. You know the old hey last lap we're all good. Nope, no. Nope. Guess again, there, bud. <laughs> yeah. So there was like, come on. I, I, you know, I'm sitting here being an armchair expert on motorsports this week, and come on, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta know how many laps there are. Um, this, is, this is amateur hour. They have a board at the side of the track, and they like tell you, you know, hey, right. You got you got one more to go. Mm-hmm. And I, 
who knows what was going on in his head, but it is certainly funny to laugh at, especially at that professional level when somebody does something that you could do on your own couch at home playing a video game, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, It was a little unfortunate for him. Um, it was. And uh, actually quite uh, important in the in the scheme of the championship as he was, I think, I think he's second right now. So not mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, he slowed down on as he crossed the line on the last or the second to last lap and uh, got passed by, I think, three people before he realized the race was still going. Yep. <laughs> it kind of just hurts to see, you know just causes you a little bit of internal pain just a little bit just i think everybody died on the inside a little bit Mm -hmm. um but anyway uh we'll go through the results real quick in first place winning the race was fabio Quartararo, the championship leader followed by jorge martin who is now on form again he had i think in the first seven races he dnf'd five times so it's good to see him (laughs) pulling some results now Definitely, and in, in third place we have not Espargaro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was Johan Zarco, um, and then in fourth was Joan Mir, followed by in fifth Alessa Espargaro, where he ended up, mm-hmm. and then Luca Marini, Maverick Vinales, Brad Bender, Miguel Oliveira, Alex Marquez in tenth, followed by Remy Gardner, Darren Bender, Franco Morbidelli, Jack Miller, Raúl Fernandez, Michelle Pirro, Paul Espargaro. And uh, that was the top 17, and those were all the finishers. And then we had a mm-hmm. ton of DNFs. Oh, yeah. Um, starting with Andrea Davizioso, and then Fabio Di Antonio, Enea Bastianini, Marco Bedzecchi, Francesco Benyaya, Alex Rins, Taka Nakagami, and Stefan Bradel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely I, I an attrition race. Yeah. I, I mean, I got to be honest here, especially for the listeners. I don't really follow MotoGP. I'm not super familiar with it, but eight DNFs seems high. It's a little much, yeah. <laughs> you know, even for even for motorcycle racing, where people do sometimes just fall off the bike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, MotoGP tends to have a higher attrition rate than other motorsports, but it's not that high mm. usually. <laughs> yeah, it's not like half the field DNFs like it seemed right. to happen this time. Um, but anyway, so it wasn't a super eventful race other than those, that one incident at the beginning and then a small little battle and then, and then the, uh, little, little oopsie at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just, uh, that's what we'll say for MotoGP this week. And then we'll move on to IndyCar. We have two races to go over. The first one mm-hmm. happened two weeks ago. It was at the Detroit Grand Prix in Detroit. Um, We'll go through the top 10 in qualifying for context. It was first was New Garden, followed by Sato, Pagano, Castroneves, O'Ward, Malukas, Herta, Erickson, Dixon, and McLaughlin. Um, we're actually quite, you're going to need a lot more than uh, 10 for context, but um, there's there was, there was so much movement in this race, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. It was a very strategy heavy race. Right. Um, as Detroit tends to be because it's a street track and it's not super easy to pass there. It's very bumpy. It's a mm-hmm. very demanding track. And so um, strategy plays a huge part in it. But all that being said, Alexander Rossi made an early charge. Um, he was absolutely flying through the field. And then uh, so was Will Power. 
Will Power mm-hmm. started in 16th place, and by like the 20th lap, he was up into first. Right, I, was... that's pretty incredible. Regardless of what series you're racing in. Yeah, and he 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 commanded that whole race, even though he started 16th. It was pretty incredible mm-hmm. to watch. Um, but we had some early DNFs and crashes with uh, Scott McLaughlin and Graham Rahal um, hitting the wall. If you tap the wall, it's just concrete, and so your car is pretty much toast unless you get really lucky and hit it really square on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but uh, Castro Nevis also DNF'd, but he had a technical failure. His steering wheel just decided to stop working. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> That's like what you that. Want. <laughs> no. No. So, um, yeah, he had to pull into the pits, and that was his race. But, um, yeah, after that, it was just uh, watching the strategy play out as we watched Power Pit for alternates. He, he just decided to go on the softer red tires for his last stint. Um, whereas everybody else put their red tires in the middle. So he had a mm-hmm. little bit of a different strategy and his tires started falling off at the end of the race. Yep. Um, Rossi was hot in pursuit behind him, but, uh, power was able to hold him off and win the race. Mm. All right. So I'll go through the results for that one. And first was Will Power, followed by Alex Rossi and Scott Dixon. And fourth was New Garden, followed by O'Ward, Palo, Erickson, Herda, Pagano, Rosenqvist, Malukas, Daly, Sato, Lundgaard, and Jack Harvey in 15th. In 16th was Renus VK, followed by Grosjean, DeFrancesco, McLaughlin, Kellett, Ferrucci, Johnson, and Calderon. Um... And then the DNFs for this race were Kyle Kirkwood, Helio Castroneves, and Graham Rahal. I guess Scott McLaughlin was able to get going again, but he did crash. All right. I misspoke earlier. Um, but yeah, uh, this was the last race that we'll have at Belle Isle in Detroit. I think they are moving to an actual Detroit city street circuit in the future. So that'll be interesting okay. to see. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. Um, I guess we'll we'll have to we'll just wait and see you what that track looks like when it actually happens. Yeah. It's interesting with this kind of narrative of American street tracks all of a sudden popping up all over the place. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's like they had Nashville, they just brought in a year or two ago, and now we've got Detroit coming in, and that's just an IndyCar. And then an F1, we have Miami uh, came in this year, and then we have Las Vegas starting up next year. Yeah. Well, you know... I'm not in love with the Miami GP, and I'm kind of concerned about the Vegas GP, too. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Miami was a spectacle, for sure. Um, Man, it really was just that show of, like, American plastic, you know? The the fake marina and everything. It's just... Man. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it's supposed to be that way. No, it it felt (laughs) a little... I don't want it to be that way. It was a little showy, I think. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was telling Ben on that episode, it felt more like an event than a race, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess so. while we're deviating off topic here a little bit, have you seen the track layout from the last time Formula One raced in Las Vegas? Oh, you mean in the Caesars Palace parking lot? Yeah, in the Caesars Palace parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're just going like zigzagging and then back to the beginning again oh, what an exciting race yeah they had a straight like the width of the parking lot and then they just zigzagged mm. through it and then it goes down the straight again it's it was yep I... yeah so yeah. you know i don't know what's going on in vegas next year but uh, man 
it'll be something. Yeah, <laughs> the track is is uh, a little more legit. It looks better than the parking lot track, but well, it's good. It's pretty square. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Vegas and most American cities are laid out in a grid, so there's right. only so much you can do. But we are getting racing down the strip, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, that's for that. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that should be that should be all right. Yeah, and it is, I think, a night race too. So that's just gonna make it even even cooler to watch. I can't imagine a day race down the Vegas Strip. It'd have to be at night. That would just feel wrong, just illegal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right. So let's move on. Uh, mm-hmm. back to the second IndyCar race at Road America. Uh, this race was absolutely incredible. This was definitely the best mm-hmm. IndyCar race of the season so far. Um. We'll go through qualifying real quick. The top 10 were Rossi, Newgarden, Palo, Erickson, Herta, Award, Grosjean, Rosenqvist, McLaughlin, and Dixon. So this race was, this race kicked off. Everybody was overtaking everybody all the time. There were teammates mm-hmm. crashing into each other. We had some pit stop drama. We had some technical failure DNFs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was It was a lot. Um, but Alexander Rossi and Joseph Newgarden were the class of the field and they led, they were the top two for the entire race. Uh, mm-hmm. Rossi got a really good start, um, and started to pull away from Newgarden, which was kind of his plan. And then, uh, unfortunately, Jimmy Johnson on lap one was shoved into the gravel and stalled his car. Yep. That brought out the first of many cautions of the race. <laughs> Yeah, and actually that one was pretty interesting, just seeing the commentary. It looks like we've got a clean start to the race. Oh, except for that as Johnson's car (laughs) slides across the frame. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, poor timing on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, so first caution came out, and then we got got that all cleaned up, and then... Mm -hmm. um, Colton Herta on the restart made up a couple of positions... Uh, he started in, let's see, he qualified 5th, but he started in 11th because he had to take a 6th place grid penalty because his oh, engine right. that he used for the Indy 500 was not legal. Mm. Um, so he got that grid penalty, but he definitely made it up very quickly. Um, but after that, it was like a lap or two, and Marcus Erickson and Alex Pillow came together in turn three and, blow, mm-hmm. and broke uh, Pillow's front suspension, which ended his race. Uh, not great for teammates. <laughs> no. Yeah. I hate to see that. Don't want to do that. Uh, Pillow was pretty upset at Erickson, but looking at the replay, uh, it was definitely more Pillow's fault. I would say it was a racing incident. It was kind of 50 50, mm-hmm. but. Um, I mean, I don't think there was a penalty deserved at all, but uh, Erickson was yeah. already ahead in the corner when Pillow hit him, so I put mm-hmm. that on Alex. Um, but anyway, that was the end of his race, which was kind of unfortunate for him since he's a big championship contender and he was he's the defending champion from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had our second caution come out, and then after that got cleaned up, we went racing again uh, for a couple laps. Then Devlin DeFrancesco ran into the back of Will Power, sending him into a spin and uh, to the back of the field. Um, he <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. His front wing came off. Uh, Will Power's front wing came off in the collision, uh, but mm-hmm. it was still kind of hanging onto the front of the car. 
And so they they told him to, as he was driving down the track to uh, get to the pits, they told him to try and, like, wiggle the front wing off um, so it wouldn't (laughs) slice his tires. He ended up doing that uh, by, like, stopping on the track. (laughs) And then he, like, held the clutch in and started rolling backwards, got Mm. the wing dislodged, and then he stalled the car and caused a caution. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um so that was our we're three cautions into the race and i think we've done Mm -hmm. maybe six laps um (laughs) quite wild start uh yeah but then after that we got we got some racing for quite a while um new garden was able to hold on to the back of rossi enough to where he was able to jump him in the pit lane Uh, Mm -hmm. rossi had a little bit of a slow stop and he was also held by a car passing by um going into their pit box so he had to wait a couple of extra seconds to get out and that was that was just barely enough for new garden to get past him in the pit lane um so unfortunately we didn't really get a pass for the lead but uh mm-hmm. you know that's that's how it goes yep um felix rosenquist was on an interesting strategy and he was his engineer kept giving him fuel numbers to hit um and he was just saving mm-hmm. fuel the entire race and then at the very end of the race, they they released him to make his charge, and he uh, he def- definitely charged through the field after that. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess i i didn't I didn't watch the race. I'll be perfectly honest here. Okay. It looks like he started in eighth and finished in sixth. Did he drop further down in between? Um, yeah, so we dropped down a little bit when he was fuel saving, um, mm. but uh, I mean he was he was up there. He so. I guess when I say he charged through the field, he didn't really charge through the field as much as he had opened up a large gap to the leaders. And then by the end of the race, he was racing right up there with the leaders. Okay. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Because there was a late caution that came out, which we'll talk about in a sec. And that, uh, Mm -hmm. um, closed everybody up. And then there was just madness on the last four laps. Right. Um, so there was that, uh, Erickson had a slow final pit stop. Uh, it took about three, four extra seconds, um, more than it should have, and that mm-hmm. probably cost him a position or two in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um, and then Pato Awards engine blew up with, I believe, six laps to go or so. Uh, he had to pull off to the side of the track, and that was the second-to-last caution of the race. Uh, as the green flag flew after they got it caught up or cleaned up, um, there were five laps left, and coming out of the last corner onto the main straight, Castroneves spun on the restart and uh, stalled his car. So that caused another caution before I think the leaders even got to turn one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they got that cleaned up, and then the final restart happened with three laps to go. So uh, Erickson, pressure. yeah, right. It was, <laughs> yeah, definitely a mad dash to the end. Um, Marcus Erickson got a really good jump on Alex Rossi and passed him into turn one to go into second place. Um, and then there was just this massive battle between like Colton Herta, Roman Grosjean, Alex Rossi, and, uh, Felix Rosenquist. Um, like we were saying before, they were battling down the back straight. Uh, and Grosjean was off in the dirt and. <laughs> oh, yep. It was wild. Yeah, uh, just. 
went full on off road in there for a second. Yeah, he kept it straight, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had two wheels in the dirt and was full throttle. Um, mm-hmm. Could have gotten pretty bad pretty quickly, but it didn't. Uh, yeah, so you know, him. he just sent it. You know, just lick the stamp and send it. <laughs> yeah, uh, after, at the end of the straight, Grosjean, <laughs> yep. Grosjean ended up losing a position because of the his trip through the dirt. Um, mm. But he he kept his foot in it and absolutely sent it from like twenty feet more than that, uh, twenty thirty feet back uh, down the mm. inside of Felix Rosenqvist in the turn three and uh, made it stick and that was <laughs> that was an absolute send. Mm. He 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 broke so late, um, but then uh, Grosjean continued his charge and passed Colton Herta into turn one on the last lap. Um, to take fourth position uh, at the front after Erickson passed Rossi it didn't really change uh, for the last four laps uh, Newgarden was able to hold Erickson off as Erickson didn't have any more push to pass and Newgarden still had quite a bit um, but yeah that was the race it was what five six cautions something like that it's pretty nuts <laughs> for an IndyCar race but uh, yeah, we'll go through the results real quick. Um, with the podium on the top step was Joseph Newgarden, followed by Marcus Erickson and Alex Rossi. In fourth place was Roman Grosjean, followed by Colton Herta, Felix Rosenquist, Scott McLaughlin, Graham Rahal, Scott Dixon, Christian Lungard, Callum Eilat, Simon Pagano, Jack Harvey, Connor Daly, Takuma Sato. Um, David Malukas, Renus VK, Devlin DeFrancesco, Will Power, Kyle Kirkwood in 20th, um, and then De Silvestro in 21st, followed by Castroneves, Kellett, Johnson, and Calderon. That runs off the finishers, and then the non-finishers were O'Ward and Palo. You know, lots of drivers. As an, as an aside, it's kind of nice to see like the old Formula rejects doing pretty well in IndyCar. Yeah, you got like the, old, the old Haas boys. I mean, it looks like they did pretty good in this race. And then you got Felix Rosenquist, who raced in Formula E back in the day. Yep, he's found a home here too. It's kind of nice to see. Yeah, um, I I think IndyCar is growing on a lot of drivers and um, really entering the radar. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw several more F1 drivers jump over. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially after this kind of pattern of domination that we've had in F1 in the last 20 years, where it seems like there's always just a team that's better for Mm -hmm. the entire era. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Marcus Erickson has been absolutely killing it. He won the Indy 500 this year. Oh, great. Yep. Uh, So he used to drive for Alfa Romeo. Uh, Roman Mm -hmm. Grosjean was the Haas driver. He's been killing it. He's gotten several podiums and a couple of pole positions, too, in uh, uh, IndyCar. Nice. Uh, like you said, Felix Rosenquist was in the F1 uh, kind of conversation for a while. Um, Callum Eilat was an F2 driver, and the only reason he didn't make it to F1 was because they ran out of seats and he got sick of waiting. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Um, Takuma Sato used to drive for F1. Alex Rossi used to drive for F- in F1. Um, yeah, lots of stuff. And then you got people like Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time NASCAR Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Just making the switch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, lots of lots of uh, people that are famous in other other series come into IndyCar. And then yeah, Scott McLaughlin too was a huge Australian V8 supercar 
uh, oh, okay. champion. Gotcha. So he's a big name down there, uh, along with Scott mm-hmm. Dixon. Uh, the supercars are pretty fun to watch, too. Oh, I haven't yeah. watched those in a long time, but it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that uh, kind of rounds out the second IndyCar race. Um, we'll just go quickly. The championship standings, top three are Marcus Erickson, Will Power, and Joseph Newgarden. Uh, also notably, Joseph Newgarden won a million dollars for winning that race, that second race. Um, oh, nice. There was a challenge by one of the IndyCar sponsors, the first driver to win an oval, a street track, and a road track. Um, the first driver to win one of each this season one wins a million dollars. And that went okay. to Joseph Newgarden. Very nice. So, yeah, I think he splits that 50-50 with, between his team and uh, the charity of his choice. So, very cool stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I dig. All righty. Um, we'll move on now to everybody's favorite series, Formula the One. The big one. The big one. <laughs> All right. This week we had the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. Uh, this has always been a favorite race of mine. I always look forward to this race every year. <laughs> you know, I always think it's a good one. A lot of people hate on it just because of the track and, you know, overtaking is hard because it's narrow. But it seems like there's always something interesting that happens. Yeah, at some it, point, it seems like a track that maybe the racing isn't always great, but it generates drama somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With yeah, that. Yep. yeah. Um, we had plenty of drama this race. Uh, I'll oh, be yeah. honest, the race itself wasn't very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was kind of hard to stay awake as I was watching it at four a.m. my time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh. There was still quite a bit that happened, uh, and there was actually quite a bit of good racing down in the midfield. It was just out front. There wasn't too much going on, but we'll get to mm-hmm. that uh, for some context. We'll go through the qualifying qualifying order. Sorry. Uh, in first, on pole position, we had Charles Leclerc, followed by Perez, Verstappen, Sainz, Russell, Gasly, Hamilton, Tsunoda, Vettel, Alonso, Norris, Ricardo, Ocon, Joe, Batas, Magnussen, Albon, Latifi, Stroll, and Schumacher. Not a great qualifying for Bottas. He's usually no. been higher this year. Uh, Sunoda has been surprising me this year. I mm-hmm. I really uh, used to dog on him, especially last year. Right, um, but you know he's doing pretty well with the Alphatari car. He is. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely seeming way more comfortable in the car, and he's actually thrashing Gasly in the championship right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so a couple of standout performances there in qualifying. Mick Schumacher still struggling down to 20th. Yep. Unfortunately. Um, but we'll move on to the race. Uh, on lap one at the start, Leclerc didn't get a super great start, so Perez was able to take the lead into turn one. Mm. Uh, and then just drove off into the sunset, like, instantly. Yep. Um, so Leclerc was able to hold off for Stappen though and maintain his second place. Um, one thing I will say, Perez did push his tires a little too hard trying to open up that lead, mm-hmm. um, and so he kind of cooked them before before they were really ready to be pushed too hard. Um, right. So he struggled on tires for the second half of that first stint. Mm-hmm. Um, but on lap nine, Carlos Sainz had a hydraulic and gearbox failure. And that caused the first safety car of the mm. uh, of the race, or a virtual safety car. Um, 
So Leclerc and most of the rest of the field pitted while both Red Bulls and McLarens went on on different strategies. Um, mm-hmm. They wanted to pit uh, Perez to cover off Leclerc, but they didn't get that call done in time, so he uh, was unable to pit under safety car, which kind of sucked for him. It would have been interesting yep. to see what would have happened if he had pit, if uh, if the race would have ended differently, um, just with everybody on different strategies and such. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, it looked like it was starting to heat up, and it looked like it was going to be a really good race at the end with all the strategies kind of crescendoing towards the end of the race. Um, mm. I was excited. Uh, and then... Uh, well, it we'll we'll get to what happened. Yeah. Um, but Sebastian Vettel had a good start uh and uh was making up places, but then when he went to yeah. go pass Akon, I think it was Akon, it might have been Alonso, but it was one of them. Yeah. Um he he DRS'd a little too much. DRS'd a maybe. little too much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of forgot to break uh, for about 15 yeah, meters. Lock, <laughs> locked her up right into the escape route. I mean, granted though, he did make the save he goosed it spun it around i mean at least he had his what uh, what do i want to say here he had his wits about him he knew he messed up and then seemed to rectify it about as quick as one could yeah for what it's worth anyways yeah he he was able to spin it around in the escape road which was uh he was one of the few that was able to do that um he saw yeah, Lando, like Lando Norris made a that. five point turn to get out of that in practice <laughs> yeah um so, so yeah it was credit good where credits do yeah for sure it was definitely a good uh recovery he only lost a couple of seconds um his his re-entry to the track was a little sketchy yep <laughs> he almost took Sunoda out um mm. but you know it all turned out okay uh and then on lap 15, Max Verstappen caught up to and overtook Sergio Perez. Um, Hamilton was also um, having a good race uh, on his alternate strategy. Um, even though he he was having some major problems with porpoising, um, it looks like, you know, in Spain that they had gotten rid of that problem or at least alleviated it a little bit. Uh, and here we are. Here we are, and it's back with a vengeance. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so bad this race, um, and it was so. It was hurting his back. He was complaining. I haven't the really, I haven't really kept up with the whole porpoising thing. I saw it in preseason testing and went, well, "What? What's that all about? What have, have they figured out? What's causing it, or what? What the deal is with the porpoising? Right. So porpoising about it. Porpoising. Uh, there's. I, don't, I mean, there's different creative ways that they've gotten rid of it. Basically, what it is is the car creates too much downforce um, on the straights, and it mm. bottoms out the suspension, which causes the car to bounce up, and then it creates more downforce, oh. which causes it to bottom out the suspension again. It gets in that cycle. So it just, just resonates there? Yeah. Yep. Um, that seems like a massive oversight in the design of the formula. <laughs> yeah. You know? Apparently we didn't win tunnel test this enough before we just sent them out for preseason testing. And I, I guess I'm kind of bewildered as to how they haven't fixed it yet. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a common problem with cars that generate uh, a lot of downforce uh, underneath the car with ground effects. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the first time we've had actual ground effect cars since like the 80s because they, right. they were banned back in the 80s because cars got way too fast and people were dying. 
Um, so uh, that's kind of just a something that comes along with ground effect cars. Um, mm. But I don't think people were anticipating it being as much of a problem as it was. Uh, yeah. There's some interesting, clever solutions that some teams have made. Like Red Bull basically just put skids on the bottom of their car. Uh, so that it doesn't bottom out the suspension. I don't know how exactly how it works. But, well, aren't they supposed to have a skid on the bottom of the car anyways? And it like gets measured at the end of the race to make sure that they're not bottoming out too hard. Right, that's the plank. And that, that's yeah, plank. always that's been one of my uh, one of my questions as to like how is porpoising happening, and yet the plank is like not being ground down too far. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's yeah. It's uh, I'm sure. So I don't know, but that's why they get paid the big bucks to make these cars. Yeah, that's why. That's why they have engineers instead of you know, uh, two dudes doing a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <Designing> <laughs> cars. Um, but yeah, regardless, uh, purposing was really bad this week for a lot of teams, and uh, mm. so hopefully, and the interesting thing is. Canada is a very similar track and that there's a lot of long straights. So uh, mm. it's going to be interesting to see what teams do next week um, because Lewis, I don't think, can take another race like that or he's going to blow yeah, his back out. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, Verstappen pitted on lap 19 uh, and then Perez followed in on lap 20. And mm. uh, also on lap 20, Charles Leclerc, who was running... Uh, in third place at the time and um, looking pretty good his engine blew up again yep. just like Spain and uh, he was forced to limp back to the pit lane and end his race um, yep. you know it looks like Ferrari's back baby we got you know the race strategists sitting there with their clown wigs on we got <laughs> the whole thing man Ferrari is Ferrariing again yep they <laughs> They do Ferrari things where, you know, yep. we look really good and then we kind of just don't we throw it all away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard being a member of the Tifosi, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ha I think you have to be a masochist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just have to enjoy watching them lose races for no good reason. Yeah. Who, who are you? I don't think I've talked to you about this. Who are you uh, rooting for this year? You know... It's been an interesting year. Normally, I would root for like one of my favorite drivers. Like you know, Vettel is Vettel's a great guy. One of my favorite drivers for sure. But mm -hmm. is he really competitive this year? Not so much. Uh, Verstappen is all right. I like him as a driver, but uh, he's also maybe starting to get a little bit of the Lewis Hamilton thing going on and winning too many races. Yeah, you know? I can see that. I don't know. So, you know, I don't know if I have a favorite this year. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah, that's fair. That's my uh, cop-out for not keeping <laughs> up with Formula One really closely until now. <laughs> um, that's fair. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know you if know, I... You get busy, you don't. You miss a race or two, and then suddenly it's yeah, three or four races that you missed. Then half oh, the season, then the season's over, you're like, gone. oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yep. Mm. No, I get that. That was me a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Anyway, moving on um, from Leclerc's engine failure, um, Gasly was able to move himself up into P4 briefly, uh, mm. having a fantastic race. He hasn't really had too many good races this season, no. so it's a good showing from him to get 
well into the points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then towards the end of the race, Yuki Sonoda's rear wings split in half. Oh yes, I I don't know. I think that's that's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a Formula One race. Maybe where you have this this wonderful shot of four engineers fighting over one roll of speed tape, <laughs> trying to slap it on this rear wing as quick as they can, and just really making a mess out of it. <laughs> and then going, yeah, all right, uh, no more DRS for this race. <laughs> and I can just imagine Sunoda sitting in the cockpit going, what do you mean? What do you mean no more DRS? What you... Yeah, I still What am I, I don't supposed think... to do? I don't think he actually knew what happened until after the race. Yeah. You know? um, but it was, yeah, his, his rear wing, like, split in half down the middle. Uh... Yeah. Kind of <laughs> just gave up and called it a day. Yeah, and his engineers, when he pit, literally just duct taped it back together, and they were talking about how uh, they they wanted to get an FIA person out there to inspect it to make sure it was safe, but they sent him out before, like, the, the guy was sprinting up to the car, and they sent him right as he got there. Oh, jeez. So, and I mean, what's, what's, what's that guy supposed to do? Oh, yeah, it looks like you got enough tape on there. That, that should do. Yeah. What, what's he, what's he supposed to say? What's he supposed to do? You know? I don't know. Like, obviously, it's not okay. <laughs> no. I mean, with the amount of force on that wing, there's, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, through my careful analysis of the footage, it looks like they got a whole three pieces of tape on it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that was the longest pit stop we've had so far this season. That so. would not surprise me. Yeah, interesting tidbit for the pit stop championship later on. Um, but then uh, nearing the end of the race, uh, on lap 44, Hamilton overtook Gasly to take P4 um, after starting in 7th. So really good race from Hamilton, especially considering the porpoising problems. He seemed to have it worse than uh, Russell did. I don't know if that was just setup based or what the deal was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I was shocked that he was even able to drive it and finish the race after that. Yeah, I mean, hey, once once again, credit where credit's due. That was not a DNF for him. He finished the race with that broken rear wing. So, yeah, I, I guess they did something right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, the race ended up uh, with Verstappen, Perez, and Russell in the top three. Mm-hmm. And the fastest lap went to Sergio Perez, and the driver of the day went to Lewis Hamilton. I see. All right. Uh, so we'll go through the results real quick. Uh, leading mm-hmm. was Verstappen, followed by Perez, Russell, Hamilton, Gasly, Vettel, Alonso, Ricardo, Norris, and Ocon in 10th. Followed by Bottas, Albon, Tsunoda, Schumacher, and Latifi. That rounds off the finishers, and then the non-finishers were Stroll, Magnussen, Joe, Leclerc, and Sainz. Um, so Red Bull is really starting to pull away in the championship after kind of mm-hmm. a rough start. Yep. Uh, they started with that double DNF in Bahrain, and now that's been balanced out, and Ferrari has their double DNF here. Yep. Uh so now it's now it's the question mark is very much on Ferrari in terms of their reliability when it was on Red Bull before. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. I've I've seen this movie before where uh, Ferrari seems to do okay in the beginning of the season and then it just kind of doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of what I I am worried about this year. I'm not sure they're going to be able to hold their position in the constructor championship, and if their drivers will be able to maintain their standings in the world driver championship either. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's they might not even finish second in the championship if they continue this form because uh, Mercedes has been consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not at the front per se, but they finish every race and they pick up the pieces where they can if if other teams struggle. Um, right. And they've been absolutely killing it uh, in that regard. Uh, George Russell continues his streak of consistency, uh, finishing in the top five in every single race this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Mercedes ends up. Um, and then if they have to if they have to sacrifice lap time just to alleviate the porpoising problem so that they don't destroy their drivers. Um, right. I mean, obviously they can, they can tune porpoising out of the car by raising the right height, but that gives up a lot of lap time because you're literally just give, getting rid of downforce. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a middle ground in there somewhere, but yeah, it's just a matter of, I'm, I'm not an engineer. They don't pay me enough to find out what that value is. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Gasly had a good race. Uh, Vettel also had a very good race scoring points for Aston Martin. And, uh, I think points are going to be pretty few and far between for that team this year. So, um, Vettel seems to do really well at Baku anyway. Uh, he has a really Mm -hmm. good track record here. So, uh, cool to see him doing well. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, uh, Joe and Magnuson both retired with power unit problems uh both of them run ferrari power units so that's just yeah that was four four ferrari engine issues in one race mm. not great yeah no not great no um that's why that's adding to why i'm concerned about their performance later in the season well you know this is one race four engines is kind of a fluke yeah is it probably maybe not yeah. The con- in-, in conclusion, I don't know, man. We'll see what comes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, for Joe, really unfortunate because he, <laughs> that poor guy, he <laughs> he's he's been retired on technical problems like so many times this this season. Seems like every yep. time he's doing somewhat okay, he has to retire because his engine fails. It's it's yep. getting it's getting kind of hard to watch. Because he's 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 a quality driver. He just like it's like he's he's driving really well, and you can tell that he's got the skills and the ability to be here. But his car just mm-hmm. can't handle it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he's going to get picked up by a different team in the next year or two, and if we'll see something better from him, just being in a better car. Maybe um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the silly season plays out this year. Yeah. Well, and you know, we haven't started playing musical chairs yet with the drivers. That's a that's a few months away, so Yeah, that's we'll gonna be summer break probably. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see a lot of driver movement then. Yeah. Uh and the, yeah, it's gonna be I, I, I'm excited to see what happens, especially with McLaren, because like mm-hmm. what are they gonna do with Dana Ricardo? Are they gonna keep him? Yeah. Are they gonna replace him? I, it's that's the big I mean, one I, right now. I hope he has a seat somewhere, you know. Like He's, well, he's made a, he's made some 
maybe career blunders in team choice. But, yeah. you know. Well, it's kind of hard uh, because, like, the, the teams he chooses, while they may be, like, on the up and up, that's not necessarily good for him because he has a driving style that's very particular. And so he needs yeah. a car that fits his driving style. And from what I've seen and heard, the McLaren is pretty much the exact opposite of his driving style. Ricardo likes yeah. a really oversteery car like the Red Bull. Um, mm. But the McLaren is really understeery. And Lando Norris thrives on that, whereas Ricardo does not. And so uh, no. he's having to relearn how to drive, basically. Which is why mm. I think he's struggling compared to a lot of the other people. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I was kind of hinting at this earlier a little bit. I would be surprised if, if Ricardo doesn't get a seat next year that Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to IndyCar. I could definitely see him in IndyCar. He would fit really well in IndyCar. He loves the U S so I, I think he, I think that's on his radar. I think Vettel might also venture that way at the end of the season. You know what else? You know what else I could see? Just just as a twinkle in my eye, Danny Ricardo going to NASCAR. <laughs> uh, he has talked about that. Um, right? Like yeah. I could I could see that. Like if I saw that in the news, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I could see it cuz he was a big NASCAR fan when he was a little kid. He uh, mm-hmm. that's why he's number 3 is cuz that was Dale Earnhardt's number. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh makes sense. So, uh, yeah, he's a big NASCAR fan, so that would be interesting, too. Uh, completely mm. different racing series. Uh, um, but, again, I think he'd fit He'd fit pretty well there. So, mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Danny Rick take on America next year. No. Well, depending on if he doesn't get a seed and right. you know, whatever happens. Yep. Um, so, moving on to our championship standings. Uh, Perez moves into second, passing Leclerc. And this is the first time, as you saw earlier today, this is the first time we've had Red Bull 1 and 2 in the championship since 2014. Oh, yeah, back when Vettel was still racing with him. Yep. Um, so, uh, it's uh, Red Bull's very much back in a big way, and uh, mm-hmm. they're definitely going for that championship this year. I don't really see them not getting it at this point. Uh Unless yeah. they absolutely collapse at the end of the season, but they have an eighty-point lead in the championship as it stands right now. Yeah, they're doing quite well, and you know the uh, the humor of having the uh, the constructor championship the way that it is right now. Right, we have really well-known car manufacturers like McLaren and Mercedes and Ferrari and Alfa Romeo. You know, we have these. Uh, prestigious high performance car brands but who's on the top energy drink company. energy drink company <laughs> <laughs> of like the peak the peak motorsport in the world like formula one man that's the, that's the top you made it in formula one you made it and which company is currently kicking ass in formula one energy drink company <laughs> energy drink company yeah <laughs> it's kind of wild um yeah but, uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense, too, because uh, I would say Red Bull is more of a marketing company now than a drink company. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's not incorrect. So Just with all the weird sports and extreme stuff they sponsor, yeah. Yeah, they know how sponsorships work, and so they know how to source money. Uh, yeah. 
So, you know, there's that, but again, like you said, it's like you've got Ferrari and Mercedes and these massive car companies that can't even come close really at the moment to this energy drink company. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, but... they're just putting Red Bull in the cars. Okay. Yes. Red Bull gives you wins, <laughs> right? <laughs> Red Bull gives you wins. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Ferrari is really struggling at the moment. They've had <laughs> three pretty bad races in a row, and mm-hmm. George Russell is now only 17 points behind Leclerc in the championship. So, you know, <laughs> Ma'am. if 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 Russell passes Leclerc, I think that's just not that's that's I think that's the sign that Ferrari's not going to make it this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had hopes, but yeah, they're waiting. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of season left. Um, we're only this about a third true. of the way through. So uh, anything can happen. Um, mm. Season could get really spicy at the end. Um, I mean, hey, the video game's not even out for this season yet, is it? No, I think that comes out in a <laughs> week or two, a couple weeks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, we'll go into our segments to end the episode off. Uh, we'll start with our overtake of the week briefly. I gave that to Roman Grosjean on Felix Rosenquist at Road America in the second IndyCar race we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like we said, he licked the stamp and sent it <laughs> down oh, yeah. the inside. So, good job for Grosjean. Uh, just as a side note to that, I am really happy for him. Mm-hmm. After, after his... After his incident at the end of his last F1 season, uh, right. just to get back in a race car, not even just an F1 car, just any any race car, I, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. Um, yeah, just get back in the saddle and, you know, make it happen. Yeah, he's, he's making it happen in a big way and scoring mm-hmm. podiums and absolutely killing it in the U.S. So, really happy for him. Uh, it's good to see him doing well, and uh, yeah. he seems happier than ever, so... With all that being said, we'll move on to the pit stop championship. Um, Sergio Perez did not win this week, as he usually does. Mm. In fact, Perez wasn't even in the points. He had two pretty poor stops this week. Uh, So some karma coming back to him on that front. Mm. Uh, Sebastian Vettel ended up with the fastest pit stop with a 20.249. Very nice. um, yeah, so the points finishers were Vettel, Russell, Alonso, Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas, Norris, Albon, Magnussen, and Ricardo. Notably, Kevin Magnussen and Valtteri Bottas scored their first points of the year in the Pit mm-hmm. Stop Championship. Bottas actually scored eight points and moves up into 17th place, so he jumped a few people with this race. So, good pit stop for him, mm-hmm. for once. <laughs> Poor Bottas, I, I, like that man. That man gets screwed yeah. over on pit stops all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I figured it would have gotten better with him not being on the same team as Lewis Hamilton, the star, the celebrity. But you know, maybe it just follows him like a dark cloud. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sebastian Vettel was the fastest person to not move. Um. And then, just briefly, Actually, 
What's up? Something I'd like to bring up about this, uh, the Pit Stop Championship, is that Yuki Tsunoda is only in 19th out of 20. Somehow Charles Leclerc has had a slower pit stop, despite the fact that they had engineers arguing over tape to fix his rear wing. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> how? Let's talk about that real quick. How did that happen? What was Ferrari doing? Oh, okay. No, okay. I know what happened. So when I do these, um, I take all of the pit stops, and then I only count their fastest pit stop. Oh, so okay. Yuki Sonoda gotcha. had, I think, two pit stops this race. So the mm-hmm. first one was the was the one you're seeing on here. That's the one that counts. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll have to figure out that the time for the slow one. Uh, but yeah, okay. So Sonoda had two really bad pit stops this race. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, but we'll just go through the championship uh, standings. Top five is still Perez, Norris, Verstappen, Hamilton, Leclerc, and Alonso. I think uh, Alonso had moved up after last time. Um, and then in the constructors, it's still uh, Red Bull and McLaren very much at the top. And then mm. Mercedes, Ferrari, and Alpine are all right there close to each other with yeah. a three-point spread between those three teams. So, or so we'll see what happens. Four. What? <laughs> Three or four. Anyway, mm. uh, so Azerbaijan, our, our uh, predictions for this race, uh, Ben and I's predictions. Uh, I'll go through Ben's real quick. He put Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz, Perez, and Russell as his top five, with Batas as his dark horse. He got the winner of the race. Mm. Um, everything else was wrong. <laughs> uh, and then he said fastest lap was Verstappen was his guess and driver of the day was Perez for his guess um the top five were Verstappen Perez Russell Hamilton and Gasly for my guesses for last week um I said Verstappen Perez Leclerc Russell Sainz and Hamilton as my dark horse so I got the top two and then my dark horse ended up in the top five so I'm pretty happy Mm -hmm. with that uh, I guessed Perez for the fastest lap, and I was correct. It did go to Perez. And then I guessed Vettel for driver of the day because he usually does way better than he should at this track. Mm. So, um, but unfortunately, Lewis Hamilton absolutely killed it and got driver of the yep. day, and I even voted for Hamilton. So can't be too mm. mad at that. But that was our predictions for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Now let's move on to our predictions for next week and the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, I will uh, go through my top five first, and then uh, I'll let you guess your top five. Sure. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Leclerc wins this one, and then okay. Verstappen, and then Sainz, and then Perez, and then Russell. Mm-hmm. Very safe top five for me, I guess. And then Dark Horse. Uh, I'll go out of the blue and I'll say Norris. Norris. Okay. All right. So I've got to put some thought into this here. I'm going to say for number one, Max Verstappen. Second, Leclerc. Third, Science. Fourth, Perez. Fifth, Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Dark Horse. Uh, Bottas. Bottas. Okay. Interesting. All right, cool. Now, I, I'm curious about a category extension for the prediction. Who goes into the Wall of Champions this race? Oh, this is a good one for Canada. 
Mm. Okay, so for those who are unaware, the Wall of Champions um, is coming out of the final turn. Uh, there is a really, really tight chicane uh, at the end of the lap in Canada. And so it's a quick right-left. And on the outside of the left-hand turn, there is a concrete wall that many F1 champions have crashed and ended their races into. <laughs> so if 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 we're talking wall of champions, it's going to be either Verstappen, Vettel, Alonso, or Hamilton, right? Well, uh, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be the champions. It can be anybody on the grid. Just who do you think is going to hit it? That's fair. I guess that's just why it's called the wall of champions. It's because so many champions yeah. have crashed there. Um, mm-hmm. Who do I think is going to go into the well? Okay, it's easy. Never mind. Mick Schumacher. Do you think? I mean... Oh, it could be Latifi, too. Those would be good guesses. I'm going to be extremely pessimistic and say Danny Rick. Ooh, yeah. It but could happen. It could happen. I really, like. I don't want it to happen. Right. Something in the back of my mind tells me. With the McLaren and the new car, and, you know, maybe. Maybe. It's within the realm of possibility. All right, so I'm gonna narrow down my mine and say I'll say I'll say it's Schumacher. So you say Ricardo. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll say Schumacher. Uh, our fastest lap prediction. Uh, I'm gonna go with Verstappen. Ah, uh, let's see. I'm gonna say Perez. Okay. And driver of the day, I'm gonna say. Ooh. See, I always want to go with the hometown hero, but it's mm. not, it can't be Lance Stroll. That's not going to happen. No, uh, no. And it's not going to be Latifi either. So not, neither of the Canadian drivers. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the top the top drivers for some reason. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to go with Esteban Ocon. And I'm going to go I'm going to go with uh, Bottas again. Okay. For driver of the day. He at least from what I remember, he seems like he does pretty well in Montreal. So, yeah. All right. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um. So, do you have anything else you would like to tell the wonderful people before we sign off, Daniel? Um. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, are Real you? Exciting. You're gonna be here next week, right? That is the plan. Yes. Awesome. Hopefully, better prepared. Oh, no, you did great. (laughs) Um, Cool. So Daniel and I will see you next week for the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, I know I said last time that we would cover Le Mans in this episode, but uh, I think I'm going to save that one and maybe do a special episode over the summer break on Le Mans. Mm. Kind of a historical what it is, why it's cool kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll do that. I'll I'll think about how I'm going to do that. Um, Yep. But uh, all that being said, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of RevHang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RevHangMedia. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. We would absolutely love to interact with you guys. You can follow me on Instagram at 2n underscore squared. And while you're at it, you can check out our website, revhang.com, where you can find a calendar of our upcoming races, 
updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our horrific predictions for the F1 season. We'll return in a week to talk about the Canadian Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I have been Daniel. Thanks for hanging out, everybody.